This is the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Podcast, sponsored by Bemidji State University and Northwest Technical College. The Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Podcast is also sponsored by Visit Bemidji and Grant Haven Campground. Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors covers the lakes, woods, trails, wildlife, and anything else going on outdoors in Paul Bunyan's Playground. Hi, I'm Dick Beardsley with Dick Beardsley Fishing Guide Service. I'd like to invite you to drop a line in one of the 400 lakes in the Bemidji area. We have 160 miles of biking trails, forest trails, campsites. You can even get your picture with Paul Bunyan and Babe is Blue Ox. And when your adventures are done, we have some of the best eateries that Minnesota has to offer. Plus, much, much more. And don't forget to check us out at the Minnesota State Fair in the Education Building. Bemidji, one step further. Matt Brewer is here, which means we've got a lot to talk about. It's bear season eve, and he's about ready to hit the woods. Plus, early waterfall seasons, all kinds of hunting seasons. He's been out hunting edibles, and of course, there's a fast five to be had as well. It's all coming up. Oh, yeah, and fishing, too. I'll turn the lake into a big old ass. I never use less than 20-pound tails. If you're fishing with me, you're fishing with the best. And if you're not, if you're fascinated by what you're hearing today, Bemidji State University might be the place for you when it comes to college. They're located amid the lakes and forests of the Northwoods, and it's the only place in Minnesota where you can earn a four-year degree in aquatic biology. It's a state-of-the-art program on the shores of Lake Bemidji, giving you high-tech lakeside facilities and ample opportunity for research and a hands-on education. You can choose fisheries biology, aquatic systems, or wetlands ecology. An aquatic biology education at Minnesota's premier Northwoods University. It's the right fit for you. Visit BemidjiState.edu. This is Mike Frisch of Fishing the Midwest, and you're listening to Fishing Paul Bunyan Country. We are checking in with Matt Brewer of North Country Guides as we head into fall. And, Matt, uh, this gets to be a really, really busy season for you because you are so involved in so many of the hunting seasons, and they all kind of pile up uh, right away. The, the lone lingerer is the uh, firearms gear season, but everything else gets going, like, pretty much now. Yeah, we've... Uh already been running baits for what seems like a month but <laughs> in reality it's been like two and a half weeks or something like that um and yeah the season's on our doorstep um thursday is not far away so um been doing that and prepping for early goose season which starts on saturday and you know, we're still guiding fishing and guiding mushrooms and yeah, it's been it's been crazy. I'm uh, I'm excited though. Usually, when it gets to bear season, then uh, I don't I don't guide for fishing hardly at all anymore. Um, I'll take a trip here and there, but uh, for the most part, like if we get calls for fall trips, it's all Jason, <laughs> and I kind of try to take you know after bear season is over, I try to take the rest of September kind of for myself and uh, enjoy you know some early goose and then dove hunting and grouse hunting and just try to get out enjoy some time for myself or i don't really get much time for myself anymore so time with kate i guess is more like it because my son is with me pretty much 
anytime I go and do anything now. So, but, uh, but that's better than being with clients most of the time. So. Yeah. <laughs> so you're, uh, you'll be out bear hunting immediately. Yeah. We run our trips, uh, like the first three days of the season, um, is when we try to knock out most, uh, most of the hunters. And, uh, if we need to stretch beyond that, we will, but, um, but we have usually everybody come into camp like the night before opener or the day of opener and then just try to hammer it out in three days. So I'm assuming you have cameras out there to check uh, the you know your bait stations. Uh, have you seen a lot of bear? Oh, yeah, tons and tons of bears. Um, <laughs> there's no shortage of them. Well, in there's fact, no that's... There's food this year either, but uh, but there's plenty of bears that uh, that won't pass up on a free meal either. So. <laughs> And we've heard that really all summer. You know, people have been seeing bear everywhere all summer. So I expected that was probably going to be the case. So ideally, uh, we should do uh, really well out there. Yeah, I mean, so long as things don't get weird, like uh, something that happens to me every year is, you know, I'm, I love bear season. And when baiting opens, I start right away. Um, and we're lucky enough to live in like a densely populated bear area. Um, but the downfall is it gets to be like the weekend prior to the season, which was this past weekend. Then you get all the people who haven't baited all year, and all of a sudden they're like, well, I should probably run up to Bemidji, and they bring their four-wheeler up, and and they come up, and, you know, nothing against them as far as what they have to do because they have jobs and lives and um but they come up and they throw a bunch of bait out and all of a sudden, you know, bears that guys like me have been baiting for <laughs> two weeks, all of a sudden these bears are like, oh, that's something different. I'm going to go investigate that. So then they'll leave, go check out other baits. They always come back. Um, but you can, you notice like a difference because I'll start to see like uh, right now for me, it's I'm seeing oats and corn in in bear feces at my bait stations and i'm like okay i'm not baiting with oats and i'm not baiting with corn and uh based on the concentration of it in this bear's scat i guarantee that's coming off of somebody else's bait station mm. so i can i can tell they're not far away but right. now they won't be back till you know wednesday thursday and uh it it just kind of messes with um uh, with the guys who are doing it more long-term. I wish there was a way to identify like a bait station farther away because a guy could literally set away, set up like 300 yards from me and, uh, you know, there's nothing that can be done about it. Um, it, 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 it is what it is. And it's one of the added challenges of, of bears. And, uh, that's, that's why bear baiting is not as easy as everybody makes it sound. Like you don't just go throw a bag of trash in the woods and you shoot a bear. It's, <laughs> It's very, very chess match like, and uh, there's a reason why the uh, success rate is so low. It's because it's it's very difficult. What would you say you're seeing as far as size of bear? Good, healthy bears, a lot of adult bears, kid bears. What are we seeing out there? Actually, it's a really big mix this year. Um, seeing a lot of big bears. Um, seeing a lot of sows with cubs um i have a sow with triplets at one of my sites um haven't seen that in many years but that's always really cool to see triplets are kind of a rarity um 
seeing a fair amount of colored bears this year. I think we've got four or five different, uh, you know, dark chocolate, uh, light cinnamon colored bears. Um, and of course, a lot of yearling, you know, that 120 to 150 class bear. Um, there's, there's a lot of those out there too. So big variety this year. It's not, uh, like last year, I, I think I only had like one sow that had cubs and, uh, and it could possibly be the area I hunt too. Um, we we food in different places or whatever. Yeah, we've talked in the past about this, but for those who you know have never experienced a bear hunt, uh, what what is the what is the allure to bear hunting? Well, you're for me, it's the whole chess chess match. Like I, I don't care if I never shoot another bear in my life. Like I, for me, it's the whole taking a completely nocturnal, private, very secretive animal that you very rarely ever see in the wild and turning them upside down <laughs> and making them, like, come out during daylight, change their sleep schedule, and they're doing all that because of, you know, whatever tactics or foods we're using and and then getting them to walk under a hunter, whether that hunter shoots them or not, it's a, it's like a huge win if I can get a bear to do that. Like, so it's, I don't know. I like the challenge, Kev. It's like part of the reason why I don't like deer hunting. Like, if I want to kill a deer, I can just hit one on my way home from work every day. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's, there's, there's really nothing to it, right? And I've got deer hunters listening going, that's because he doesn't shoot big bucks. Well, they all taste the same. So <laughs> Deer are everywhere. And there's a lot of bears, too. But bears just happen to be really smart and really nocturnal. And deer just kind of stand around. So um, I like I like that challenging stuff. And that's the allure of it to me is just getting them to flip upside down, change their whole life around, and... Uh, and then try to get them under a hunter. So, and and one of the things we we also talked about, I remember a year or so ago, you know, you mentioned talking about uh, you really like bear meat. You find it to be very very tasty. Yeah, it's delicious as long as it's taken care of properly. Um, I think that's the biggest. You hear all these rumors about how bad bear tastes because it's so greasy and. Uh, it just, it just isn't that way if you know how to take care of a bear. Like, um, you know, that's another thing. You you can take a deer and you can cut it up and you can leave some of the fat and tallow on it, and it's not really going to affect the taste of the deer. But if you leave like silver skin and fat and tallow on a bear, um, you're going to taste it. It doesn't taste very good. <laughs> so if if your bear is being cleaned properly, if you get it, you know. You get the skin off it right away and get it cool, take care of it. It, it tastes absolutely phenomenal. It's super lean. It's very, very good for you. Delicious. Um, so I, I, I wish there were more people out there who, the first time they tried bear, they tried it from someone who really knew how to take care of the meat. And that's part of your obligation to the animal, right? If you're going to bear hunt, you should be taking twice as much time taking care of the after the shot stuff than you than you did um, prepping for the shot itself. So, 
Okay. Now, for those who you know maybe uh, have never done it before, I, I would say you would def. It would make sense to me that I I want to take a trip with a with a guide the first couple times because this this is kind of you know a whole different type of hunting as you noted. Uh, but if I am going to go out there and I'm going to do it, what what is the best uh, gun I should? What's what's the gun that you would recommend for somebody to to use for deer, bear hunting as opposed to anything else? Um, for someone who's never done it before, um, I mean, I always base it on a person's skill level or range of knowledge on different guns. So, you know, if someone's like, oh, when I deer hunt, I usually use a 30 out 6, and when I hunt birds, I use a 12 gauge, and that's all I'm really familiar with, I'm going to tell them to bring their 12 gauge with slugs every time. Okay. Because I've had so many people hop in the stand, they're all prepped and ready, their gun is sighted in, and they're using a rifle with, you know, like a pretty high power, even even a three to nine power on a scope is way too much when a bear's at twelve yards. So I I've had people they're like, I had a bear come in, I didn't shoot, and I'm like, why not? And they're like, I pulled the scope up and all I saw was black. I couldn't figure out where the vitals were. And I'm like, Well, you made a good choice not shooting. But uh, you know, did you dial your scope all the way down? Um <laughs> uh, so a scoped weapon on a on a really close shot like that is is not ideal. So a shotgun and slug or a muzzle loader, bow even works great uh, as long as the person has a good shot. But uh, some of our base stations that are uh, where the stands are farther away, a rifle is a good choice. Or if you can really you know if you know your way around a scope and uh, are familiar with shooting a lot, then a uh, high powered rifle is good. Like a thirty out six or three oh eight or something like that is gonna knock a bear down pretty quick. He's Matt Brewer of North Country Guide Service and we've got a lot more to cover with Matt because he's doing so many things. There's a lot of other hunting we have to talk about. We got edibles to talk about, we got fishing to talk about. And no Willie Nelson by edibles I'm not talking about bonus. Much more with Matt coming up. I'm Kevin Cochran of Kevin Cochran's Muscle Guide Service, and I catch fish bigger than Kev Jackson on a daily basis. When planning your trip up north, plan to park your RV or camper at the spacious Grand Haven RV Campground in Bemidji. You'll be in the perfect area to ride ATV, fish, hunt, and hike. With free parking for your boats and trailers and located just off Highway 2 west of Bemidji, Grand Haven Campground is the center point for your next Northland adventure. Fish hundreds of surrounding lakes and cruising the miles and miles of the ATV trails northern Minnesota has to offer. Visit GrandHavenCampground.com and book your stay today. Hi, this is Nate Blazing with the Nissla Guide League, and you're listening to Paul Bunyan Country Outdoor. Marvelous Matt Brewer of North Country Guide Service, my guest today, and Matt... Now you talk uh, early waterfall opening this weekend. Uh, what all is is available to the hunter for the early waterfall season? I am not a hundred percent sure when the field season is, but I know I know goose opens on Saturday. So we've we've never ever done the early early teal season, so I don't tinker with when the dates are for it or anything like that. But uh, but early goose is the big one. That's what most waterfallers are going to be. Um, diving into this weekend you get those young birds and they're not very smart and there's lots of bands so everybody everybody <laughs> likes to get out during early goose and make a pile plus you have the increased limit so you can shoot more 
during early goose and the regular season. So. You've got your uh, finger on the pulse of everything going on around here. What are you hearing? What have you observed as far as the health of the uh, the waterfowl populations, be it ducks or geese, in Minnesota right now? I'm not 100% sure what numbers look like. Um, just based on, like, being out in the boat, you know, I I kind of try to take the inventory and remember that for fall, like, you know, even on Lake Bemidji, I always keep an eye, if I'm driving by the south end, like how many geese and divers are sitting down here. And you can always kind of use that as a gauge to how many how many birds are around. Like late season when the lake starts to freeze and there's a lot of divers in the in the river there, I'm like, oh, you know, there's probably some pretty good diver hunting to be had right now. But um, but I'm, I'm seeing a fair amount of ducks. Uh, it looks like a lot of local mallards and teal and uh, tons of wood ducks as usual and and uh geese this is actually so there's quite a few fields that i drive past on my bear baiting route and i can usually rely on like maybe one of those fields having geese in it and being able to get permission and being able to get in at least one good early season hunt and i have not seen a goose in a field uh, during bear baiting at all this season so uh, that could have to do with crops I know there's a lot of geese around here, and they fly over my house all the time. But uh, but in the area that that I'm driving, I'm not seeing much at much at all. So so I'm unlucky this year. But um, but I know there's plenty around. There will be people cruising over to Foston and Manoman, Erskine, that whole area over there, and they'll get on lots of birds. Always do, and that uh, should be pretty good. So of all the things you hunt. And and it's it's a ton of different things. What's your favorite one? I know we've talked about this before, and I I kind of go back and forth. I I still have, probably have to say it's turkeys, but now that you know we're almost into September, and some of the mornings are starting to feel like fall, and I'm starting to smell like some fallen leaves. I really am excited for grouse season. <laughs> like grouse have almost always been my favorite thing to hunt. Um, any upland bird. Uh, trips my trigger, but um, but rough grouse is, is at the top of the list, I think, for, for upland game. Um, but like I said, I think turkey overall has probably surpassed that. And, <laughs> um, and, and I've heard, and I saw a few articles that uh, they were s- pleasantly surprised, those who do study these things with the, uh, with the drumming this year. Yeah. Um, I'm not seeing it, but... <laughs> <laughs> I haven't been out with the dog either, but um, typically, again, that's another thing. When I'm bear baiting, I, I see tons of grouse, and uh, and this year I've only seen six. I saw a covey of five the other day, and then I saw one this morning. Um, and again, that could be just the area I'm hunting is starting to mature, and there aren't as many birds around, but there's there's a lot of really birdie-looking stuff that I walk through and drive through, and I'm, I'm, not, seeing, I'm not seeing many birds, but seeing that hen with four with four chicks um that was a pretty nice little clutch um and that tells me that population is probably going to be pretty decent if we get into this late in the season and there's a hen that still has four little ones that's pretty decent um on thin years it seems like a hen with one or two chicks is pretty normal um and i'm seeing a lot of bunnies around which tells me there's a lot of predators so uh, you know these things are they all correlate. So when grouse numbers are high and when rabbit numbers are high, the predator numbers are high. And I am seeing that 
seeing a lot of uh, a lot of dogs and cats out there. Um, tons of fox on trail cameras and and some coyotes and occasional bobcats. So there's there's a lot of a lot of small game opportunities for people this this fall for sure. So how do you map out the season so you can get all this cool stuff in? You mean before it starts when I'm wishful thinking or yeah. when it actually comes time to do things? <laughs> well, let's say when it actually comes time to do things. <laughs> I don't. I literally go, I want to go hunting today, but I don't know what to hunt for. And then I end up going after something and then I wish I would have done something else. And it's really hard. Um, I, I'm trying to lean on my kid. Like, I'm so indecisive, and I like so many different things, so I'm trying to lean on him. But the poor kid, like, inherited my indecisiveness. So I, I'm i like, <laughs> what are we doing this year? Are we grouse hunting a lot? Are we, you know, really focusing on the dog? Or are we doing a lot of duck hunting this year? Because, you know, if he tells me one, then I can kind of concentrate on that. So last year he was like, I want to duck hunt more this year. So I, like, put... I, I refreshed everything on the blind on the duck boat, put a new motor on it that I that was a little more old man friendly with electric start. <laughs> and uh and then we duck hunted like four times because every time we'd be ready to go, he's like, I kinda wanna grouse hunt today. So yeah, it is what it is. Yeah. I'll take a, I'll take any outdoor opportunity. Uh, I don't really care what it is, but uh so I yeah, it's just semi controlled chaos. I just <laughs> wake up in the morning if I have the day off. And I look in my gun cabinet, and I go, "That one looks good today." And then I just go. Well, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about um, edibles. We talked about mushrooms last time, and it was a great season. And obviously, we've had plenty of rain, even in the later part of summer. By that standard, we've had enough. Um, I've heard a lot of good reports about berries. Uh, what did you find out there? Yeah, the berry picking um, was probably the best I've seen in several years. Uh, blueberry crop was amazing. Plenty of blackberries, which are still prime right now. Um, lots of raspberries. And the wild edibles, just in general, if you're talking like mushrooms, it's one of the best seasons I've ever seen. Um, it seemed like every every time things would start to get just a touch crispy or dry, we'd get a really good douse of rain, and then more would flush. Um, I did a mushroom trip, trip the other day. And I was joking around when I got home. My wife was like, how how'd the trip go? She loves picking, but we rarely get to go together. Yeah. And she's like, how was the trip? And I'm like, it was so good. We had to take our baskets back to the truck for drop-offs like four times. <laughs> and she's like, oh, I wish it could have been wet. So it's, it's really good. Um, we're kind of getting past the prime of it, but it's it's still extremely good. And then we have some of the fall edibles that are going to start popping. Some of them already did because we had some cooler weather work through, but but the fall picking season is upon us, and it's going to be really, really good, too. There's a lot of moisture in the ground. and Yeah, if you're a mushroom picker, this is this is your season. It's awesome. All right. Uh, um, and then um, we you actually did a lot of fishing this year because your son was really into it. How has the bite been? Everything I've heard is by uh, most year's standards. This was a very consistent, solid bite this year and uh, kind of across the species. Yeah, it was it was really different for me this year, um, you know, with Pete getting so into fishing and, <laughs> and being as busy as I was. This is one of the busiest years I've ever had. 
uh, probably um, the busiest season I've had um, since I quit doing it like full time. Um, so I got it a lot and it was really weird this year. Just people wanted different things. So it wasn't, it wasn't like I was chasing walleyes every day, all season on Lake Bemidji. I got a huge break this year. Like I got to fish tons of different lakes and I got to go after tons of different species. And I had people really enjoying and wanting multi-species trips and fished a lot of bobbers and not as, not as much crankbait fishing. And I, didn't fish Bemidji near as much as I normally do. So it was really nice. Um, you know, if, if, the, if this season would have been strictly walleyes on Bemidji, I probably wouldn't be talking to you right now. I'd be like in a month long coma, <laughs> uh, but it, it mixed up nice and, and it was, it worked out. I was able to get through the season without, without freaking out and breaking something. So that's good. Um, but overall, the bite was good. Every time we did fish Bemidji for walleyes, it was really good. I never found a tough bite on Bemidji, um, aside from one trip early season when all that slime showed up. I don't mm-hmm. know if you remember that. Yep. Um, then I had I had one one trip that was pretty tough. Just new fishermen who weren't great at jig fishing, and uh, and it was jig bite, <laughs> and there was slime everywhere in the lake. But as soon as that cleared up, things just cracked and. It was it was awesome. So it was a good year. We we go out uh, when Tate's been wanting to go. It was bass, and now it's musky. So we've been going out musky fishing every time we go, um, which is really not good for my back. But it's uh, <laughs> but it's been fun and different, and kind of cool to watch him almost drop his rod a couple times because of big fish follows or bites. So it's been fun. Well, I tell you what, musky is is more like. You know, more like hunting than fishing. I mean, it's not like you find a big school and you just keep casting. I mean, you're you're actually hunting for a big old critter. Yeah, except you're there's no well, the guys who are really good at it would argue this, and and I would tell them they're right. But there's no like you know this cover looks really good, and you for sure kick a bird out of it when you're hunting you see cover that looks really good for muskies and you cast that at eight days in a row and you don't see a fish. So <laughs> yeah. it's a whole different, it's similar, but it's a whole different world. Maybe, yeah. maybe it's a, it's being a really bad hunter. That's what it, oh. it's like. It's like being a really bad hunter. So we'll go with that. He's Matt Brewer. Still a lot more to come with Matt before we wrap it up, including the latest fast five. This is Mandy Ear, doing my part to keep Kev Jackson's ratings up on Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. If you're ready to write the next chapter of your life and love the outdoors, Northwest Technical College might be the perfect fit. Northwest Technical College in Bemidji has state-of-the-art technical education and six career paths in the heart of the Northwoods. Automotive, building trades, business, health, child care, and manufacturing technology. We're surrounded by more than 400 lakes and acres and acres of forests. You can be fishing, you can be hunting, and you can be plotting the course of your life all at the same place. The shortest path to your dream job begins at Northwest Technical College, Bemidji's Technical College. Learn more today. Visit ntcmn.edu. Hi, this is Toby Cavalli-Bach of Leisure Outdoor Adventures. This 
is Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. Matt Brewer of North Country Guide Service is my guest today. And Matt, one of the things you posted on your Facebook page earlier this year was uh, just the, the, the prevalence of zebras out there. On, uh, I think it was Lake Bemidji now. Um, yeah. It's just getting worse. Oh, it's terrible. And I've, like, Lake Bemidji is a different animal now. I've accepted it. Um, I knew it was coming eventually, but this year was a huge reminder of how different the fishery is. Like, I, I can't do what I did 10 years ago. Um, I can't go pull crankbaits on cabbage flats anymore. Um, there's still tons of fish in them, but I can't pull a crankbait through them. Um, or spots where I would get into really good sand bites. Um, that It's different. The fish aren't there, or they're scattered, or... Um, you know, I, I really had to use a lot of different tactics and I fished a lot of deeper water this year and a lot of my shallow bites just didn't materialize or, or they started off really good and then they got choked out by weeds or, or clarity affected things. Um, we were pretty lucky in the clarity department. Um, we had that good algae bloom and the algae stayed around a long time and the water stayed stained and I was able to capitalize on, on my shallow bites during that time frame, But, um, but prior to that, and once it cleared up, it was it was a little tougher. So, well, different different beast, but uh, but there's a lot of walleyes in that lake, so it's <laughs> it makes it pretty pretty easy to go out and catch them. Boy, and that's you know that's what I keep hearing. You know, Winnie, of course, is cleared up compared to what it used to be. Um, Cass is really clear now, but Midgey's getting there. But all of those lakes have incredible walleye populations. Yeah, it's it's really really out in those three lakes and even like leech now is you you can't do anything out there without catching walleyes like you go out there and try to catch a crappie and you're going to catch walleyes and <laughs> you go out there perch fishing you're catching walleyes and you're catching big ones so it's uh it's nice to live in an area where <laughs> your lakes are so flooded with walleyes that you just accidentally catch them all the time <laughs> wow it's uh yeah, it's been uh, it's actually been a really good outdoor year. It looks like the fall for what, whether you're going to continue to fish or you're going to be hunting. That looks like it's going to be good. Um, we had a really really nasty year last year, but the drought just affecting everything in a negative way. But uh, we bounced back nicely this year. That's for sure. Yeah, it, I think it feels everything feels so much better, um, and it's probably because we had such a rough year last year. Um, you know, lakes were low, fishing got tough at certain times, um, and this year we just haven't really had to deal with that. I haven't had to, like, flush sand out of an impeller. Or <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's been a pretty smooth year, and everything, everything's been biting, and mushrooms have been growing. And, you know, last year I was canceling trips because it was so dry that nothing nothing popped. And so, yeah, a good year overall, and hopefully we get a fall. That's all I'm asking for, like, don't be, don't be nasty to us and make it you know straight from summer to winter. Give me, give me a fall. That's all I want. Well, you know, uh, as nice as it has been this year, I mean, there's a lot of things going on. We've just touched on some of them. What overall would you say, as a guy who who knows this stuff inside and out and is passionate about it, has been in the heart of it in so many different ways. What is the thing that concerns you the most right now as far as our environment goes and or um, wildlife populations, fish populations, whatever it is? Well, on the, I'm so passionate about upland game and, and like 
prairie species and and uh, and woodland species that like habitat deterioration is obviously always a concern of mine so when i see large farms pushing out you know to get an extra row or two and uh and they're farming right up to the gravel road and not leaving any any cover in the ditch you know there's a lot of not just game animals but non-game species that you know they rely on that long grass in the ditch and that that buffer space between uh, between the crops and the gravel and um and then obviously logging you know logging is great but if you're over logging or over harvesting and i i've watched a lot of really good mature oak stands disappear over the last couple of years and that's really sad to see uh, that's a lot of food gone and a lot of cover gone and and up here that just immediately turns into aspen which is great because it works for grouse and woodcock but but i think of the you know the 80 year old oak that used to be in that stand where you know, it took a long time for that to grow and with one quick fell swipe it's gone uh, so yeah there, i mean there's a lot of things that concern me but Habitat losses, number one. Okay. All right. Well, before we let you go, uh, do you have time for uh, for another Fast Five? Sure. All right. Here we go. Fast Five. Did I stutter? Question number one. Dogs or cats? Dogs. Most outdoor Easy people say that. <laughs> Easiest question ever. <laughs> Well, most outdoor guys go with dogs, for sure. Because um, dogs help them, right? Yeah, well, my cat, my cat can mouth the best of them, but when she comes in the house and my daughter is goo-goo-gying over how cute she is, I'm, like, ready to puke. So. <laughs> Give me a dog. <laughs> Question number two. What is your favorite pizza topping? Breakfast bacon. Bacon, bacon. Ooh, yeah, that sounds really good. I've never had an actual bacon, bacon pizza. Most people don't know you, you can order it. Like, any place you go, they have bacon, and they'll put it on your pizza. So order it next time. It's amazing. Oh, man, that, that does sound good, yeah. All right, question number three. Pie or cake? Oh, I don't, I'm not really a sweets guy. Um, pie. See, I, w- I would have guessed you to be a pie guy, and I'm guessing you go, you know, fruit pie versus cream pie. Oh, for sure. Yeah, like a good blueberry or apple pie. Uh, rhubarb pie. I love rhubarb pie. Um, but yeah, I don't indulge in sweets very often, so like, I'll take a steak over bowl. <laughs> you and me both. All right, question number four. Hard water or soft water? Oh, now you got a tough one. Um, the older I get, soft water. If you would ask me 10 years ago or when I was young, I was at hard water for sure. But I, yeah, give me soft water. Warm, comfortable clothes. I can move, move with ease without having to drill holes. The older I get, the more I like soft water. <laughs> I'm with you, but I'm, I've always been a wimp. I like warmer weather. And I loved Rylander's response to this. He just said, 70 degrees and T-shirts. That's all he, need. That's all he needs, man. Okay. Yeah. I, I Don't get me wrong. I love ice fishing, but, uh, but I'm way more comfortable in the summer. Right. 
Well, you know, and you, you got to be able to accept ice fishing if you want to catch eel power, right? Yeah, for sure. All right, question number five. What is your favorite movie of all time? Oh, my gosh. We just had this conversation last night at work. Um, so because it's fresh in my mind and because it made me feel so nostalgic, um, the new Top Gun actually is probably, like, in my top five and is my favorite movie right now. Um, but of all time, either Goodwill Hunting or Shawshank Redemption. Okay. So despite your love of Star Wars, you, you didn't even go there. No, no. Like, I, I I, love Star Wars, but I have to be in the mood for watching Star Wars. Like, I can't just... It's on, I'm going to watch it every single time. But yeah. Shawshank Redemption is on, and even though I have it on digital and can watch it without commercials, I'll suffer through commercials and still watch it. Oh, yeah. Uh, Shawshank, that, it's a fantastic film. Absolutely. And I have not heard, I haven't seen it yet, but I've heard, I've not heard one negative thing about the new Top Gun. So I absolutely have to see that. Oh my God, it came out on digital yesterday. You have to see it. I will throw this out there too. I don't want to sound like a creep or a weirdo, but the movie Seven, I don't know if you remember that. Yeah. Brad Pitt. What's in the box? Yeah, I remember. So you tell people that's one of your favorite movies and they're like, oh my God, you're like, and weird <laughs> but like the, the psychology side of me like to think that someone came up with that movie yes they're disturbed and yes the movie is disturbing but it's really a genius piece of writing and I really love that movie you just got like four in my top five okay alright wow well listen Matt we're going to let you go but if people uh, want to go hunting or fishing and I'm, I'm guessing you're pretty booked up uh, for the fall already but um, how do they get set up with you in the future northcountryguides.com um, or you can search for us on Facebook but northcountryguides.com will lead you to all of our social media phone number email all that fun jazz alright he's Matt Brewer of North Country Guides we'd love to have him on because it's always a meandering conversation where we discover new things uh, and Matt we love having you here thanks for taking the time today thank you we'll talk one of Matt's favorite topics waterfall tomorrow Ducks Unlimited Banquets just around the corner plus it's our Lake of the Week and we'll head into the weekend with the latest from Mandy Urich that's it for today I'm Kev Jackson thank you for being here This has been the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Podcast, sponsored by Visit Bemidji and Grand Haven Campground. The Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Podcast is also sponsored by Bemidji State University and Northwest Technical College. And don't forget, you can listen to Fish and Paul Bunyan Country on KB101 FM and KBUN Sports Radio 104.5 weekdays, as well as Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Saturday mornings on KBUN Sports Radio 104.5, B93.3 in Brainerd Baxter, and Kick FM in Alexandria. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to geico.com or contact your local agent today.